episode 89, How to Increase Your Inner Value. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live life amplified. I'm going to start this week with two quotes. The first one is from Brian Tracy who says, If you wish to achieve worthwhile things in your personal and career life, you must become a worthwhile person in your own self-development. And the second quote is from Tim Fargo. He says, If you want to improve your self-worth, stop giving other people the calculator. (laughs) Hello and welcome back, everybody, to Life Amplified. I share those quotes because they really represent both the ideal of how we want to live our lives and how we want to show up. And the second quote really represents the obstacle that is in our way of truly owning our inner value. We are trying to consume it from the world rather than discover it within ourselves and bring it forward. So anytime we talk about self-worth, self-love, self-esteem in personal development, those words begin with self for a reason. It is our responsibility, you could say our utmost responsibility, to discover it within ourselves and bring it forward. Most of us, though, are in the endless chase, looking out there to find things to make us feel more valuable. And, you know, it's usually the opinion of other people. (laughs) That's a big one. I always love the TV show Shark Tank because you can see these entrepreneurs walk into the Shark Tank who've worked so hard on this passion project and they walk in really owning their values. Sometimes they have these pie-in-the-sky evaluations of themselves and their company. They'll stand in front of the room and be like, I am looking for half a million dollars for a 10% stake in my business because they believe that their value and the value of the company is $5 million. And they believe that for about three seconds until one of the people in the room challenges them on their sales figures or their marketing plan. And you can watch people based on the opinion of the sharks begin to collapse on themselves. They start to sweat, they start stammering, and all of a sudden they're walking out of there with $100,000 for a 33% stake in their company. And maybe that's the right action plan for them, maybe it's not, but it illustrates the point that a lot of times our self-worth is based on outside circumstances, outside of ourselves, and that will create a life of frustration, anxiety, depression, stress, frustration, You name it. So my question for you to reflect on this week is what makes you valuable? Where does your value come from? There's the answer that we know we should say, but our behavior is not always congruent with it. Most people believe that their value will come in getting the next certification or degree. I see this on coaching applications. I hear it from many people that I talk to when they're stuck in a dead-end career that, you know, that they fell into. It's not a job that they ever wanted, and they're thinking about their next level. They're like, well, I'm going to go back and get my master's. I'm all for education. If getting a master's feels expansive to you, and if it's truly aligned with your next right step because you're moving from your purpose, you know, rock on. Go get it. But many people are out there throwing down $100,000 on a master's program, and they don't even know why they want it. They just think that the piece of paper is going to give them value in the eyes of an employer or a future boss. Other people are chasing their value in their possessions. If you go way 
back to uh, 2018, we did the interview with Sean Askinosi, who was the undefeated trial attorney who became a chocolatier. And as he realized, you know, he was doing so well, the number one lawyer in the state of Missouri, but he was unfulfilled, you know, rather than go pursue the thing he felt called to do, he just went and bought a new Mercedes. <laughs> and I did it. Like in 2006, the first time I moved to California, I was the guy that overpaid on the 2,400 square foot house in a gated community with the big swimming pool and a waterfall effect because I thought that that was what would give me value. I thought I would feel like I was enough by having this. And all I did was completely overpay at the bottom of the housing market for a house that was way bigger than I needed for me and a dog at that point in my life. So it was a very expensive lesson learned. And the house, which was such a, a source of you know self-value and made me really proud of myself for about the first six months, then became a noose around my neck because I was like, oh my God, I got to pay this mortgage payment again. And I knew I was never going to see this money back because the housing market went south. So we look for our value in certifications, degrees. We look for it in possessions. We can look for it through our work, which if your work is connected to your purpose, that can be a healthy thing. But many of us are just chasing the next pay raise or the next set of alphabet soup in the corporate world, you know, thinking, oh, well, if I become a VP at my company, I'll be enough. And the minute you do that, you want to become an SVP, then an EVP. It's this endless, endless chase. So here's what I want to establish off the bat today. What is your value? It's not about your net worth. Your net worth doesn't equal your self-worth. Your value is simply about how connected you are to your purpose, because when you're connected to your purpose, you are connected to your infinite value. When you are moving from your purpose, you are connected to your infinite imagination and creativity, and you are using it towards something bigger than yourself. However, most of us, if you think about this, we are just born with this well of infinite creativity. We are imaginative beings. We are creations and therefore we are here to create. And most of us invest our time and energy creating the worst possible scenario. We invest all of our time living in fear about, oh my God, what happens if I do this? What happens if I don't do this? We use all of this precious energy we've been given trying to prevent things that haven't happened yet. That's why we live in a culture of anxiety. You know, a, a very high number of my clients come to me and they experience anxiety pretty regularly. And that for me is always a telltale sign that you have repressed your own self-expression. You are taking the path and doing the things that are expected of you in your life. You're doing the things that are safe. You are doing the things that your family told you would keep you safe, but you are not really living in your inner value. You're not owning it and you're not connected to your gifts and using them in service of other people. And over time, yes, that will lead to anxiety. It certainly leads to stress and it could lead to depression. So there was a study out of the University of Michigan that I thought was really telling. They studied the self-esteem of college students. So they started to work with these kids before they went to school and then through the fall and spring semesters. They studied 600 kids Here's what they found. They asked the students what they based their self-esteem on. More than 80% of the kids said academic competence. 
77% said their family's support. 66% of people base their self-esteem on doing better than others. And about 65% of the studies, and out of that 65%, this was overwhelmingly true for women, uh, base their self-esteem on their appearance. Now, the college students who base their self-worth on academic performance did not receive higher grades than the other kids in the study. Even though that they were highly motivated, studying more hours each week, working harder than the students who did not rate academic performance as important to their self-esteem. However, the students who base their self-worth on academic achievement were more likely to report conflicts with professors and greater stress. So there's a quote here from the researcher. She says, they feel motivated to do well in academics, but having their self-worth on the line doesn't help their performance. What does this have to do with you? You're like, Dan, I am not in school anymore. You can easily replace the word academic performance with career trajectory (laughs) and career performance. And that's what's interesting is the amount that the kids studied did not relate to a higher productivity or higher academic performance. But we also have so much research that says the more hours you're putting in at work does not make you more productive. You can work 60, 70, 80 hour weeks. There's always going to be something else on your desk the next day. So as you become tired, your mental clarity is off. You become more stressed. You become more overwhelmed. You're fatigued, which means you're not mentally sharp. And through your striving to impress your boss or impress your co-workers, all you're doing is affecting your own mental health. So what did this study at Michigan say about self-esteem that comes from internal sources, such as being a virtuous person or adhering to moral standards? Those people were found to receive higher grades. They were also less likely to use alcohol or drugs or to develop eating disorders. The researcher here says in the Journal of Social Issues, we really think if people could adopt goals not focused on their own self-esteem, but on something larger than their self, such as what they can create or contribute to others, then they would be less susceptible to some of the negative effects of pursuing self-esteem. It's about having a goal that is bigger than the self. And that is really what we're talking about when we consider the idea of purpose. It is a set of emotional states that you generate within yourself and then you give to the world through your service. It is being connected to yourself and something bigger than you. So let's be clear. Your job is not your value. The amount of work and hours you put in does not determine your value. The number of people swiping on you on your online dating app who are trying to meet you does not determine your value. And absolutely your money does not determine your value. However, this is the mindset shift I want you to leave this episode with this week. Money is the result of sharing your value with the world. When you are solving problems for other people, when you are truly connected to your own gifts and using that to add value to the lives of others, people will pay you for that. So money is the result of sharing your value. It is not the cause of your value. Your true wealth is all about the creativity that allows you to express your purpose. I talked about this last year. One of the most impactful books that I read in 2019 was The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease. And he talks about this idea of what would happen if the economy went south, if, if, God forbid, the world slipped into another depression. Let's say Oprah lost everything that she owned. She lost all the homes. 
She lost the big house with the giant oak trees that you see on Super Soul Sunday. She lost all the money in her bank account. You know, she couldn't sell the, uh, oh, that's good cauliflower pizza anymore in the frozen food section of your store. Would Oprah no longer have value if she lost all of her money? Of course not. Oprah would have so much value and be able to replenish her bank account because Oprah's value is not what's on her Chase Bank statement. It's not about, you know, what's in her 401k or her investment accounts. Oprah's truest value is her empathy, her connectedness, her storytelling ability, and her genuine desire to lift people up. That is what Oprah's worth is based on. So if she lost all of her money tomorrow, Oprah would still be able to generate. Now, if you think conversely about all these people that you see who win the Powerball drawing on television, you know, when they have to come out and go public and they get their big publisher's clearinghouse, oversized, you know, cardboard check. Number one, you never seem to see high six-figure, high seven-figure people who win the lottery. Rich people generally do not play the lottery because they feel like they've won the lottery every day. They know their worth. They're connected to their value. They're just out there in the business of being generative in their action. A lot of times when we see lottery winners, these are people who come from more of a poverty background. And this is also why 90% of those people go broke within three years of winning the lottery. You can be given $500 million dollars. You can win the Powerball tomorrow, but if you don't know your inner worth and if you are not rich in your own mind, you'll never be able to sustain wealth in the outside world. I think that that's an important point, and I want to say that again. If you are not wealthy internally and you are not owning your self-value, you will never create or maintain wealth in the external world. People who are going through the motions in a job that they hate, but it pays well. You know, these are the people who value money over their own purpose. And what I generally find is those people will lose both. (laughs) They will hang on. They will work themselves into the ground until there is a health crisis. They will work themselves into the ground until there's an emotional crisis that, you know, their schedule literally tears the family apart and then they're going through a divorce. They will work at the same job and keep cashing the checks until the company gets sold and they get laid off or they get replaced by artificial intelligence. But if you're valuing money over your purpose, there will come a day eventually when you don't have either. You can't sustain any external wealth if you don't see yourself as valuable. So what is the process that we can take today to begin to reclaim our inner value. How do we reconnect to that part of ourselves? I'm going to give you two strategies. So perhaps the best way that we can start to understand how we value ourselves is how do we value our time? (laughs) And the goal here is that we want to release ourselves from the things that lower your personal valuation and stifle your growth. So if you kept a diary of Every single thing that you do over a three to five day span, I'm talking everything, you know, sleeping, brushing your teeth, going to meetings. How much time are you spending on the toilet? Let's just call it out because you know that there is, you might very well be the person who will just sit in the bathroom with the door locked for an extra 10 minutes pretending that you're pooping when in reality, you're just trying to get away from like the responsibilities of your home. You're in there scrolling on Facebook long after you've already finished your business just because you don't want to deal with the stress 
stress of life. Let's mark down how much time are you spending doing these things? How much time are you spending on your commute? Take a full inventory of all the things that you do. And then we want to start to categorize them. We want to take a letter P and mark it next to the actions and the things that we do each each day or each week that represent our priorities in life. And then let's take a letter G and let's just put that down for the activities and tasks that we're doing that are moving us quicker to our goals. So if your big goal this year is that you want to lose that stubborn 15 pounds, hey, gym time is great. We're going to put a G next to that. If you're food prepping for the week, same thing. Also, what are the things that just amplify your life that bring a sense of play and fun and joy? Perhaps that's spending time with your children in the backyard. Uh, perhaps that is, you know, going to the movies with your best friend. But if there's something that truly amplifies your life that just adds a sense of play or fun, we're going to put an A next to that. But also, as we start to take inventory, what are the things that you hate doing? We're going to put a big X next to anything that you hate doing. What are the things that you're doing because you feel like you should do them? What are your shoulds in your life right now? Let's put an S next to that. And there's some of them, they're not shoulds, they're musts. We know that you have to sleep, right? We know that you have to brush your teeth. Let's put an M there. And we want to start categorizing all the ways that we use our time. The things, though, that have a P or a G next to them are the important ones. Those are the things we should really be doing. And I would also suggest that your A's, the amplified activities, that's important too, because we have to have a sense of fun and connection in our lives. But anything that you've marked as being something that you hate or something that you feel like you should do, that's where we want to examine. How much time are you wasting? And there might be some activities in your life that you're not sure how to categorize it. You might drink a couple glasses of wine and watch Netflix, but you know that's not really amplifying your life. It's certainly not moving you toward a priority or a goal, and it's also not something that you should or have to do, so you don't know where to put it. We want to get curious about that as well. And where this week could you eliminate or greatly reduce some of those things that came up in your hate category or your should category? And how can you spend more time doing the things that are moving you toward your priorities and your goals? As we begin to eliminate the activities that numb us out from our pain, we're creating space for new inspiration, for new creativity to come through, for greater clarity on our next right steps. So I call that an amplified schedule inventory. And I think that that's a great exercise that you can engage in. But the second thing, if you really want to increase your inner value, going all the way back to the Brian Tracy quote that I shared at the beginning of the episode, if you're working on yourself more than you work for other people, your value will automatically increase. When you set the boundary and you are not spending hours 9 through 11 in the office to try to prove your value to your boss, who, who's already long gone, he doesn't know that you're there working. <laughs> when you stop doing that, now we've freed up hours for you to start to engage in yourself. That's more time for you to get to the gym, which is going to make you feel better. 
certainly increases the endorphins in your body. That's going to lift you up. And as you start seeing the results in the mirror, that's going to increase your self-value because you know that you are doing something that nurtures yourself. There is certainly the opportunity for you to invest in yourself this year. You know, whether that be working with a therapist, working with a coach, going to seminars, retreats, but you got to begin to acquire some new life skills and strategies because if you continue to fall into the same patterns of procrastination, perfectionism, people pleasing, isolating yourself from the world because you're so tired from your job that you don't even have the energy to show up, you keep engaging in those behaviors, you're just going to get more of the same results. Nothing will change. It's amazing to me how many times we'll invest in the new flat screen TV, right? I, I, I just saw this over Christmas. There's always some deal. You see people leaving with a huge box with a brand new TV. I'm like, I buy a new TV once every 10 years. Like, why... <laughs> Why do people need one every Christmas? But, you know, we invest in the new toy or the new gadget or get the new iPhone and these, you know, and I've been the guy. I think every new model of the iPhone is going to be the one that it will change my life forever. And then I'm like, well, the camera is a little better, but no, nope, it's pretty much still the same old iPhone. If you stop investing in those things out there that distract you from your problems and begin to invest in yourself. It's the best investment that you'll ever make. One of the things that comes up, you know, when I talk to clients, you know, and I offer the opportunity at the end of every episode for you to fill out a coaching application. We put a link to it in the show notes. And once you do that, you have a chance to schedule a discovery call with me so we can talk more about your goals and see if we're a fit to work together. But one of the things that I hear from the people who choose not to invest is they always tell me, Dan, I'm sure your coaching is worth every single penny. And by the way, they're right. Very good at what I do. <laughs> That's why my clients who show up, they get great results. But then they follow that up with the but. Ah, I'm sure you're worth every penny, but mm, I can't I can't spend this money right now. So if you're positive that the thing that you're investing in is worth the investment. What is the part of you that doesn't believe you're worth making the investment in yourself? That is the question that you have to consider. If you're a person who's been on the fence about getting some support this year, trying to white knuckle it another year and making these changes on your own, but you've been trying that for six or seven years and it always just ends up in another year of broken promises to yourself. You want to talk about ways to reduce your self-worth? Have another year of just breaking promises and not doing the things that you said you were going to do. That's the fast track, right? That is like your fast pass to lowering your own self-esteem because then you don't trust yourself anymore. And that's why having the accountability and the mentorship is everything. And look, maybe it's me. I certainly would love to work with you. I'd love to talk more about my coaching programs, but maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's the seminar you want to go to. I take, you know, I took a lot of grief uh, from my father last year when I told him the amount that I spend on my own coaching and personal development. He's like, oh my God, you could take all that money the past couple of years and put a down payment on a house. I'm like, I bought the house before. <laughs> I know that that didn't make me any happier. And that's not to say that there's not going to be a time in my life, you know, particularly is I find my person or build the relationship where we're not going to want to have a house together. But right now I know buying the house in and of itself isn't what's going to move my life forward. 
my expansion is what makes me feel good. The more I invest in myself, the more value and service I can provide to my clients. I think about the people that worked with me four years ago when really the only thing that I knew how to do up until that point was help people really create their purpose statement for their lives. And I knew a little bit about trauma and the nervous system so I could help people see their blind spots. But the amount that I've invested over the past four years allows me to offer so much more value to my clients. And it's also helped me increase my own personal valuation. So you've got to get off the fence and you've got to find what is the thing that's going to move your life forward. Not the master's degree. I mean, master's degrees are great, but if it's not really aligned with your purpose or for how you want to show up in the world, or particularly if you're a person who doesn't know your purpose, you're just going to spend a bunch of money on a master's and be like, well, I, I still don't know where I'm going or what direction I'm moving in. So this is the important conversation. To recap on some of the important points today, if you're a person who is experiencing stress or anxiety as a baseline, it is the number one telltale sign that you are disconnected from your purpose. And your true value, your inner value, is about how connected to your purpose you are and how much you're bringing it forward into the world. Money is the result of you sharing your value with the world. It is not the cause of your value. And remember, if you value money more than your purpose, there will come a day when you won't have either. Because you cannot sustain in the external world what you don't have internally within yourself. Two ways that you can begin to increase your value. Number one, keep a detailed journal of all the ways you spend your time over the course of the day. We're going to break those out by categories, but we want to closely examine the things you're doing that are things that you should do and the things that you're doing that you hate. And also, what are the things that you're doing just to numb out and not feel that are distracting you from your purpose? And number two, if you really work on yourself more than you work for other people, your value automatically increases. This is a message from my heart to yours, my friends. I'm just here teaching all the things that I've had to learn and things that I'm still in the process of learning in my life. I hope this serves you. If you love this podcast, would you please share it with a friend? You can screenshot it, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason. You can also share your aha moments in our private Facebook group, the Life Amplified Power Tribe. We got a link to that in the show notes. Would love if you could take two minutes minutes out of your day today. Uh, Those five-star ratings and reviews up on Apple mean the world to us. They help us with the algorithm. Or you can just give us a follow on the iHeartRadio app or whatever platform that you're listening on. And if you need some coaching and support this year, if you've been going through the motions and you haven't been valuing your time and you're a person who's been on the endless hamster wheel chase of going after that next ambitious career goal, but you're still not feeling fulfilled, that's a telltale sign. It's time for you to work with a coach. I do have some spots open both in my one-on-one VIP coaching program, but also the Wavelength group coaching program, which we just officially got kicked off last week. Amazing breakthroughs already happening already. I'm so inspired by the people who are showing up there. And I'd love to talk to you about which option is the best fit for you to move forward this year, to create your amplified career in life with more meaning, more freedom, and more joy. 
go to my website for info on how we can connect and how you can apply for those coaching programs, creativesoulcoaching.net. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.